Hello, and welcome back to the LIBF Banking and Finance Podcast. On this episode, we continue with the Finance Matters series, hosted by Chief Executive of the London Institute of Banking and Finance, Alex Fraser, where he talks to leading figures about issues affecting the banking and finance sector now and for the future. Enjoy. Hello and welcome. My name is Alex Fraser. I'm the Chief Executive of the London Institute of Banking and Finance. And it's my enormous pleasure today to welcome Phil O'Shea, uh, who is a member of our International Advisory Board. Phil is also on our Board of Trustees and uh, a member of our Audit Committee, so we keep him very busy. <laughs> Phil, you uh, spent most of your career working um, in uh, Barclays in the International okay. Division, uh, and now you have a sort of portfolio of different interests that I'm sure keep you even busier than ever. One of those is for the uh, a bank that's based in the Cayman Islands, is that right? Yes, uh, Cayman uh, National Bank is headquartered in Cayman Islands, has been there for a number of years. Um, but it's probably about 20 years or so ago that they were looking for opportunities to expand their sort of capabilities and reach. Uh, so a uh, subsidiary was established here in the Isle of Man. Um, and um, perversely, uh, when I left Barclays uh, sort of for the first time in 2005, uh, they offered me a non-exec director position there. So it was quite interesting to uh, get involved and, and learn about that business in terms of a much sort of smaller organisation. Um but uh, sort of after a period, I was invited to go back to Barclays. So I obviously had to, to leave that directorship behind. So it was uh, very nice that when I finally uh, left Barclays about 18 months ago to adopt semi-retirement, a vacancy was uh, happened to be in place, really. So uh, slightly deja vu uh, now back uh, and about to become the sort of senior non-exec there. Um, so it is interesting. It, you know, it's, it's quite a boutique um, business. Uh, I guess one of the few um, banks that uh, you know has its own sort of capital base still um, from an Isle of Man point of view. A lot of the other organisations have effectively become branches, but uh, you know we, we do run our capital, uh, but have close links with with that Cayman parent. Um, and one of the interesting aspects for, for me um, about the group is that um, I think it was about 18 months ago, the Cayman Group was taken over by the Republic Bank of Trinidad and Tobago. Um, so uh, one, obviously, uh, the sort of Cayman Group gets uh, some strength and depth now, in both from a sort of capital support point of view, but, but it's also interesting to me to see the... Um, the, the sort of panoply now of controls and enterprise risk management frameworks and the like that you know, obviously those big corporations have very much coming through uh, and, and sort of down the line to um, you know the, the Cayman National business here in the Isle of Man. So as I'm used to, to that sort of control environment from my Barclays days. So it, it's, it's quite interesting to see that now you know, being deployed. Um, and I think the, the Cayman National Bank here in the Isle of Man, again, it, you know, it's interesting to the regulator here, not least because, you know, we are now one of the few that, uh, you know, are headquartered here locally, have got that capital base. So they need to keep <laughs> a fairly close eye on 
uh, on the business. So it, it is interesting. It, it's, it's got a bank and it's got a trust license as well. And actually, it's you know, quite a, uh, a very interesting um, trust side of the business that uh, we're looking to develop quite strongly. Not easy during these these times, uh, but you know it is amazing what one can do using technology now in terms of still keeping leads warm. So we've got you know quite a few leads in in London and, and elsewhere, um, and Cayman also has a, a, a small sort of rep branch in Dubai. So again, uh, you know, not easy to develop that at the moment, but but it is that you know sort of global reach that. Uh, that we've got that I think is is interesting and I suspect probably was was you know of of interest to Republic Bank when they were you know looking at, at that acquisition side really so uh, you know I'm hoping when uh, you know when things open up a little bit more that I'll be able to uh, be a bit more proactive in terms of, of helping the group um, pursue those opportunities but uh, as I say it's it, a very interesting um, business and one that I'm thoroughly enjoying. And you, uh, you obviously have uh, decades of experience of, of working in the Isle of Man, and I would yeah, imagine. Yeah, I moved here in 1997, so uh, yeah, been on for 25 years living here now, so uh, can't be all bad. But I, I just wondered, I mean, uh, what the main sort of changes that you've seen in the financial services industry on on the island um, over those years? Yeah, so it's it's. I mean, it, it's definitely evolved. I, I suppose what, what what's interesting about the the Isle of Man, I find, is that it's it it's a jurisdiction that seems to find ways to develop new opportunities. Um, one one of the strengths I think that it's it's had for a long time is that it that its telecommunications business here was a subsidiary of BT originally, and they used to use the Isle of Man as its sort of test development hub so we were always the sort of first ones to get 2g 3g 4g um so that infrastructure has has proved to be um you know very robust in terms of some of the businesses that have come to settle and and grow here so there's a very diverse industry base um uh, quite a lot of e-gaming business again came here um quite quite early on in, in that evolution and hence uh, the need to regulate that. So again, a you know, gaming commission was established here, separate from the financial services authority. So that whole of that infrastructure to ensure that 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 was well regulated. Um, but again, using the um, that technology, you've seen quite a lot of of fintech. Um, you know, a number of biotech type businesses have, have established here. So that ability to have the the technology here, but provide you know medical support, the sort of remote doctor type service um you know again was 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 quite early um here so you see this sort of almost incubation of of businesses through that particular that sort of technology capability uh, and obviously many of those need you know they need banking support um a number of those leads again would be interested in the sort of you know trust type business there's been quite a hearty fund uh, management type business here so um you know those seem to have, have thrived and uh, and evolved uh and of course the you know the regulator has needed to do uh, to do that as well um you know we've always been a, a jurisdiction that uh 
has has wanted to do the right thing, but equally, you know, has quite often been in the uh, the sights of Europe, for example, because obviously, you know, we weren't part of the EU as this jurisdiction. We didn't have automatic passporting capability for financial services. So we've always had that, you know, to some extent, challenge in terms of how do we, um, you know, be effective and, and sell our capabilities there. So to some extent, you know, Brexit has been less of a, an issue for that in financial services because to some extent you know the, the relationship we have has, has been there for for a number of years so i think from a from a banking point of view i, I guess uh you know as at barclays and and probably you know a number of those those other banks um you might locally want to to be developing and, and supporting those capabilities but but quite often if the group appetite isn't there to to support that and i guess you know e-gaming might be you know one area of that where uh you know when you're here on the ground you get the opportunity to understand the business and, and get involved in it so locally we might say well yes we do have an opportunity to do certain types of those business but clearly if if the group policy uh, is somewhat different then you know that can be somewhat frustrating and i think you know that's i mean cayman um, national group is is a conservative um, business and, and always has been and, and one needs to take account of that but there are opportunities I think to pursue some of those niche type opportunities that you know do potentially fit our local appetite really so um, again that's as I say that's an area that I'm looking to explore a bit further as as the you know the markets um, look to to open up again really. And for young people uh, on the island is financial services still an attractive career option yes I, th I think so um i mean clearly we, we we don't have a um a sort of full embedded university here there is a U university college isle of man that you know is doing more in terms of offering de degree courses but i guess historically and certainly as far as you know all of my children were were concerned um you know when they were looking to to leave school they went to university in the uk um and then Many of, of those then take the opportunity to stay in the UK for a while and get UK experience. Uh, and the island always sort of hopes that at some point they will come back. But there's always been quite a strong cadre um, of, of young people here that, you know, decide that they don't want to, to leave the island to do that. And therefore, there's been a, a healthy opportunity in the accountancy profession, uh, in the legal profession and in the banking profession to take on, um, you know, those students some that leave at 16, but particularly, again, those at, at, at 18 and, and offering them the opportunity to to study and to get, you know, the qualifications. Um, and, and, you know, similar, I guess, to, to myself, you know, I, I joined Barclays in 1979 from school as, a, as an 18-year-old. Uh, the majority of, of my compatriots from school went to uni and, and got the degrees. But interestingly, when they left uni, the economy was in a downturn and many of those struggled to, to find jobs. Whereas, you know, by 1983, I'd got my chartered banking qualification and was well set on, on my career. And I think that, you know, philosophy has been quite strong here in the Isle of Man in terms of, you know, businesses want to, to support um, those individuals that decide they don't want to go off. So as I say, you know, it, it almost is a matter of course here for, for people to be supported to get their professional qualifications relatively quickly and and then you know set fair and, and some of those will perhaps go uh, and travel and, and work elsewhere at a later stage but often many of those 
you know, find that actually it, it's a good career. There's opportunities to move around here. Um, so, you know, you find it's a well-qualified um, workforce here um, and, and well-supported. So, and I think, you know, and hoping that that, that will continue. And I think one of the uh, opportunities that, that we've uh, been, you know, privileged in a way to take on as, as the, you know, local committee of, of LIBF is getting involved with the the schools and and trying to uh, you know offer the, the the sort of school support that has become so successful across the UK. The, what we found here was a number of you know charities and and you know Barclays again it, it's got its own scheme and so there's a number of organisations that are going into schools and offering financial awareness support. But of course none of those offer the sort of UCAS um, you know points opportunity that that our own LIBF um process does so um you know we've been very pleased to to take that on and and i think you know there's been great support for for that process and again that will equip um those individuals i think you know very well uh, for the next phase of of you know what they want to do again be that on island or or potentially off um but uh, you know we we as a committee here, thoroughly enjoyed the opportunity to, you know, start something from scratch, really, and, and try and win the support of the, the schools to, um, you know, to, to be involved with that. And you, you clearly have an enormous passion for education. Is that partly down to the fact that you've sort of uh, didn't go to university, didn't pursue a sort of um, a, a career via, via a degree and therefore you know, you feel that uh, people can explore, should explore different routes. Yes, I do. Um, yes, I mean, I, you know, I, I felt um, that I needed to get those prof professional qualifications to almost put me on a on a level playing field with those that have gone to uh, to university. And I think that you know, is it still holds good today. And you know, talking as I say to uh, to young people in in schools and, and colleges you know, they clearly need support. And um, it was quite interesting as well, actually, that um, in some of the discussions we've had with um, some of the um, staff uh, and those people in schools that are, you know, giving careers advice, that they were saying actually their own knowledge of financial services was quite low. Uh, and so their ability to sort of guide um, you know, those individuals in terms of whether banking or accounting that, you know, would be the right thing. They sort of said, well, actually, we don't perhaps know enough about that. So you know, we were saying as a sort of banking organisation, one, there's probably more we need to do to try and help those that are, that are running those, um, you know, career guidance um, skills. But, but equally, there is clearly that opportunity for, for us, um, you know, as, 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 as LIBF uh, to, to do more. Um, and you know, we're, we're very happy to piggyback, um, you know, what, what's happening in, in the UK. So we ran a mini young person's um, money index here uh, last year. Uh, and again, you know, got the support of uh, a few of the schools. Uh, you know, we're, we're still on a journey to, uh, to actually get, you know, the full support of, of the Department of Education to get those embedded. But I think we are making progress. But, you know, that was well received. And, you know, some of the feedback that, that we got in terms of areas of uh, lack of understanding or areas that, uh, that those young people want help, again, you know, came through 
strongly and we've shared that with uh, with the Department of Education and we're just working on our version of the 2021 Young Persons Money Index. I was reviewing it over the weekend, actually, in terms of uh, just trying to make that as, as appropriate for, for this jurisdiction as, uh, as we can. But I think that's a very powerful tool, um, you know, one, to get feedback in terms of what support that, uh, that they get, uh, but equally, hopefully, to highlight the gaps, um, you know, within that and how either LRBF or other organizations can be plugged in to uh, support that but i think you know the reaction in terms of um, young people that have taken on the um, qualifications um, you know i think has been outstanding actually um, you know we as i said it's been a slow burn in, into the schools but um, you know we've now got just i think it's 196 students here that have completed that sort of financial capability qualification um, and uh, I mean, I think you know, you've alluded, Alex, before that we've taken great joy in running uh, a joint graduation, um, you know, a number of times now between our adult um, uh, colleagues that, that are completing their qualifications. And, you know, we're absolutely delighted that I think the latest count is 512 of our colleagues across the uh, financial services organisation have completed at least one um, qualification here a number of them have you know done two or, or more uh, but to have you know those uh, individuals alongside the young people we thought was really powerful actually um, to highlight to those uh, young people uh, you know that actually this is about lifelong learning but having that joint graduation the opportunity for them to meet we try to facilitate discussions and you know give that opportunity for the young people to you know, have a chat with those that have been in the industry for a number of years. And, you know, I, I rarely find colleagues that, you know, don't enjoy their jobs. So you know, we try and be as passionate as we can about the, uh, the benefits of working in the financial services sector. So, you know, we, we're deeply proud of, of, of uh, what we're doing there. Um, and uh, uh, we're talking to, to you and, and to, to, to Rob uh, Thompson uh, about, you know, an opportunity to try and help perhaps trying to facilitate that into the Channel Islands as, as well. Um, you know, I think one of the difficulties that a number of local centres, um, you know, suffered perhaps, uh, you know, a few years ago when it was, was the IFS uh, badge that the focus seemed to be very much on, on the sort of graduate qualifications and perhaps, you know, not prioritising as, as much as had done previously that local centre support offering the continuous professional development um, support. But, um, you know, as a consequence of that, the two Channel Island uh, committees decided not to, to continue with that. Um, we came close uh, to doing the same, but uh, I think it was very timely, actually, Alex. It wasn't long after your appointment that you came here and delivered a prestige lecture to, uh, I think, probably 150 uh, of our members here. And, you know, we're very passionate about you know, your view in the light of the post-crash era that having those core qualifications is so important uh, because a number of the people that were running the organisations uh, back then, you know, were lacking those those particular capabilities. So, um, you know, we're absolutely heart and, and soul in terms of pushing those qualifications. I think that, you know, struck a, a real chord there. And from that, you know, as I say, probably four or five years later to have those 500 um, people qualified and taking that into the schools 
um, you know, I think is a tremendous um, progress that, that we've made and we'd like to take that further. Um, you know, we're trying to develop those international links. Uh, we've got a, an interesting link with Malta uh, that came out from, from uh, meeting them uh, at a couple of meetings. And I think some of our colleagues went to one of their graduations and again, talking to them about that. So, um, you know, again, we're, we're passionate about what we do and if we can help uh, other centres and, and other organisations to, you know, to regroup and do that, we're very keen to, to work with your team uh, to achieve that. And of the success that you've you've had uh, in raising awareness importance of the professional qualifications in the Isle of Man is is uh, absolutely remarkable and a shining example um, to many other uh, countries around the world you uh, you also are very active in uh, the small countries financial education program do you want to tell us a bit about about that yes yes it, it's, it's it's an interesting one um that again is sort of symptomatic, I think, of, of the Isle of Man as a jurisdiction trying to, you know, think uh, a bit more laterally. So um, it's probably about uh, probably ten years ago um, that effectively an initiative was set up to try and offer support to be um, people, perhaps in central banks um, or in the the, the regulator, and, and offering them more in the way of the softer skills support, um, you know, many of those will be professionally qualified, but, you know, what they perhaps struggle to, to achieve are some of those broader management and leadership skills that, um, you know, many of us are able to access through our own organisations. So, um, you know, effectively through a, a charity was set up and a, a link created with Oxford University. Um, and so that there's effectively a partnership between those two and um, through individuals in, in the jurisdictions are able to apply um, and demonstrate, you know, what they believe that they will get out of joining that. Uh, and if selected, then they come and spend a week um, here on the Isle of Man uh, where they get, you know, sort of support. But also, and increasingly over recent years, we've been trying to develop the support and linkage with the financial services sector as well. So trying to give them an opportunity to meet, uh, you know, colleagues like myself, um, you know, so socially or go and, and join their discussions and share uh, our experiences. Um, but also, you know, an opportunity to, to keep in touch um, and, and offer that, you know, support on a, on a more ongoing basis. And then for the second week, they go to, to Oxford uh, and, you know, have the great experience of, of spending time there. And I think you, you managed to go to, to one of the dinners and, uh, you know, spend time with them on the, on the Oxford side. But, um, you know, it's proved to, to, to be successful. It's, it's, you know, generally oversubscribed. Um, and, uh, I mean, it's, it's one of the areas that, you know, I'm quite keen to explore with the, you know, Republic Bank in Trinidad and Tobago. It's those sorts of jurisdictions that, um, you know, I think can, can benefit strongly, you know, by, by that sort of opportunity. And uh, when I was at the, the World Conference that we hosted, uh, you know, 18 months or so ago, again, it was great to meet, um, you know, a number of, of colleagues from those jurisdictions. And, you know, I was trying to do... Uh, you know, a bit of a sales job there in terms of uh, increasing their awareness of, of that opportunity and, and build some of those links that, uh, you know, we can we can try and exploit through that 
but equally, uh, you know, uh, in terms of our own uh, desire within the LRBF to support that international support and, and expansion. You know, we, we uh, you know, in the, the sort of 80s, we were very much hooked around the, you know, the globe, really. Um, and, uh, you know, used to have links with a number of those and, and that, you know, perhaps withered a, a bit over the years. But I think there's a real opportunity now to try and in, invigorate those. And, you know, I know from an LABF point of view, we're looking at, you know, ways to do that through our Middle East and, and sort of Singapore structures. But, you know, we feel that there is, you know, equally an opportunity for the small countries group potentially to play some role within that uh, that conduit and uh, obviously the uh, the uh, group couldn't meet last year I haven't quite found out if it is going to run this year but um, uh, when it is up and running we'll be you know seeing what we can do to try and tie that together more you know more formally with with the uh, LIBF because you know as you, you know uh, that international expansion and support is is one that you know we as a, a board of trustees are very very keen to develop and uh, one of the sad uh, outcomes, I guess, of COVID, that that's been put on ice for a year. Yeah. Um, so if we look ahead to a, a world, well, maybe not post-COVID, but where sort of COVID is is under control, can you see any major structural changes within banking occurring as a result of the pandemic? Or do you think things will return, if not to the old normal, then to something like it? I, I, I think that's difficult to predict. I, I suspect that some of the large organisations, some of the banking organisations, have probably found that um, you know people have adapted to home working quite effectively. And I think you know, obviously, you know, there's mixed views on that, but you know, certainly people I've talked to have said that they have have a preference for, for working from home. Some will say, you know, happy to do that all of the time. Some will say mix and match but I think you know it does seem to be the case that um, you know I don't think it will go back to everybody working from an office environment you know all of the time and uh, that has implications for you know for cost and and the like and uh, I suppose the other side of that is you know have we should have learned from an environmental point of view um, you know in terms of um, much less commuting you know be that train, car, uh, by air. Um, and, and, and that's been a positive as well. So, you know, I think a number of financial services organisations have talked about you know, perhaps giving people the opportunity to work in an office environment, but closer to home, perhaps rather than the, you know, having to go to Canary Wharf and the, you know, work from the 28th or, or 30th floor. So, I mean, I think we'll have to see how that goes. But uh, there's probably, you know, cost-saving um, opportunities that that may come from that. Um, uh, I'd be interested to, you know, have that crystal ball ahead, perhaps ten years, in terms of what the environment around Canary Wharf will be uh, across that that timescale. Really, what you know will will be that uh, development. But you know, it was interesting, you know, talking, hearing Jess Daly of of Barclays just the other day in terms of, you know, his thought post Brexit. And, um, you know, sort of thinking that, you know, one's got to look, you know, across the, the pond. So when I mean, Barclays was promoting that sort of transatlantic organisation, its core strength, but equally he was calling out that sort of Far East Singapore, um, you know, environment again. So I think from an international point of view, 
um, you know, that, that view that, that, you know, many would be looking at that epicenter of, of moving that to, to Europe doesn't seem to have, you know, seen that in, 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 you know, droves really. So it feels like that sort of, you know, city centre, London hub probably will survive to a greater extent than one might have thought about. But again, I think it will be, um, you know, those, those British based bank organisations looking to where those opportunities are. And as I say, you know, transatlantic possibly, um, although that's always been quite hard to, to really make a success of. Uh, so that, you know, maybe that Middle East, Far East um, area will be the one that, uh, that many will look to, to exploit. And again, you know, if that is the case, that plays to some of our LRBF uh, strengths, again, looking to develop that support and capabilities in, in those areas. So um, from a uh, LRBF and, and, you know, training development point of view, that would be sweet if, if that proved to be the case. Do you think that the UK, given the fact that it's been more ravaged than most countries uh, by COVID and may, may therefore take longer to recover, do you think that it may lose its sort of preeminent position across the globe in either finance or education? I'd like to say, I doubt, you know, I hope not. I think the, you know, we found over the years that the, you know, the brands and that, you know, sort of strength of the London finance centre, you know, has, has, endured for millennia um and you know one still senses that you know it, it does have that stable you know solid sensible core um so you know, I, I think it will take a while to evolve but you know i, I personally i would be very surprised if one sees a, a huge dramatic shift away from that you know geogra geographically it, it's you know it sort of works um in terms of that you know hub between east west you know north, north and, and south really um and one you know there's been a lot of investment there as well so um you know I, I'm, I'm optimistic i think in terms of that remaining as as a core center um but um you know overall that that international opportunity um you know people are, again to want to to exploit that um, I guess some of that may depend on, on, you know, whether countries and jurisdictions feel that they want to tighten or lessen regulation. Uh, you know, if you look down in terms of, you know, Australia, those sort of areas, actually that's you know, generally been quite hard to, to get into uh, and, you know, and offer a, a service that, that would be attractive, particularly if you're looking at trying to win that sort of domestic type business so um i think those those barriers to entry of, of some of those jurisdictions probably will remain quite tricky i would have thought phil o'shea it's been an absolute delight and thank you for sharing your thoughts um and thank you also for the huge support that you've given to the institute uh, both on the island and and well beyond <laughs>